Well, by that sound, that's the sound that it's a time for another episode of We Live on a Planet. Thank you for tuning in on this Friday, October 9th, 2020. This is episode 433. We're cruising into October already. It's a cool start right here, right on the lake shores, Lake Ontario. It's fine city of Oswego, New York. It's only 45 degrees. Fahrenheit feels like 45. Highs are going to be about 64 degrees Fahrenheit, though. We'll take it. Winds are currently out of the east, southeast at one mile per hour. Glad you're here. We got a good show. I have a lot to talk about. And uh, we'll learn something, too. We'll get a wrinkle on our brain like we normally do over here at the show. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a beverage of choice. It's that time to... uh, dive in. Let's do it. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, I can't do it as good. Thank you for coming back. Let's dive right into our positive quote or our mantra for the day. However, we want to look at it. Let go of the illusion that it could have been different. Let go of the illusion that it could have been different. Just know that you you are where you're supposed to be. That's what I'm trying to know. You know, that's no matter ruminating how much thinking about what you wish, it doesn't really matter. Let go of the illusion that it could have been different. You know, a lot of times, I this time of this season, usually November is a bad I mean obviously it's October but I've been thinking about November come up usually November for some reason it'll be a bad time of the year and I'm I'm glad that I've been really staying sober I'm five years sober so that's that's awesome I'm glad that I've been just yeah a little late on the applause there for the five <laughs> um and seeing my doctor and my therapist, I had a good meeting with my therapist the other day, and so that went good. But yeah, there was a time in November, I remember one November, holy cow, how many times am I going to say November? Isn't that weird when you get into your head? But yeah, I was on um, a CPAP, which is like an ER for mental health, and I'm not proud of it, but I don't have any shame. I just want to be honest with it, and it was on Thanksgiving, and I remember having a sandwich and it wasn't even a turkey sandwich for Thanksgiving. How depressing is that? But isolating yourself is one of the symptoms of depression. No one talks about, you know, you push everyone away. You don't have that energy to make an effort. And ultimately you end up alone because of making things worse. So I'm trying to not isolate myself. It's hard. My buddy Corey lives in Oregon now, so I don't really, my best friend is my wife, you know. Speaking of that, my she got lucky the other day. I don't know, lucky would have meant nothing happened to her, I guess, but um, I'll tell you about that story. Um, what else am we going to do? We're going to head on over to the fact site. I'm going to get a wrinkle on our brain over there. I want to, let's pull this up too. I was feeling curious this morning. And I used to, on the podcast, if you follow the show religiously, you know that I used to do uh, I'm Feeling Curious, and I would type into Google just that. And this one was, how random the show's going to be today. 
how random it is a lot of time because we just, I don't know, jump around, jump up, jump up, but get down. <laughs> Stupid. The what, what did Bruce Lee study? The largest influence on Lee's martial art development was his study of Wing Chun. Lee began training Wing Chun when he was 16 years old under the Wing Chun leader Ip Man in 1957 after losing a fight with a rival gang member. Ooh, I'm wheezy. <clears throat> I don't know why. It's that time of the season. Maybe that ties into my dry eyes and all that kind of stuff of something that's going on. Ip Man, though, when I think of that, that reminds me, <clears throat> excuse me, my oldest daughter, Bethany, is the one who turned us on to um, Ip Man movies and stuff like that, and it's neat. My daughters, they're awesome. Yeah, so I'll tell you about, I got enough time, because I try to do these segments in, in um, like, five-minute segments, but yeah, how my wife got lucky, but unlucky. We are working at my, my in-laws the other day, my oldest daughter is redoing my in-laws kitchen for them and been hard at work and Kimberly and I went over there the other day to assist Bethany in a ceiling joist and we we're going to be jacking it and bracing it and sistering in new wood yada yada well there was a big eight foot piece two by six that was being propped up for this ceiling joist. And once the jack went underneath it, let loose, came down, glanced off the board, and then hit my wife Kimberly right above her eye, right on her, her eyebrow. And she instantly covered her eye and I thought as soon as her forehead, and I thought as soon as her hand came away, she was going to be covered with blood. And she wasn't. She got lucky. She must have honey badger skin. But she did not get caught. She did get an abrasion. And had it not glanced off that board, I think it would have knocked her out and definitely cut her. But it was, oh my gosh, so lucky. It was so terrifying, so scary. And it was it sucked because it was right at the beginning of the job as opposed to the end of the day where you can just kind of put your tools down and say, I guess we're going to be done for the day of helping. But we had some fines. I'll tell you about the fines that we found. All that and much more. Stick on by. We'll be right back. <laughs> that was easy <laughs> let's just throw everything right at you all at once what the heck was that all about oh <laughs> uh, yeah so the work and the fine old newspapers underneath the floor we were tearing up the floor old newspapers that were lined for insulation 1935 through 1936 old comics we found to Popeye and a, an old advertisement for the Plymouth car, brand new car, 1935, $510. And you might think, oh, that sounds pretty cheap, but I did the math. I looked it up. It's a little over nine grand in 1935. So you can't buy a brand new car for nine grand today, but still that type of money, that was a lot. But in hindsight, or not hindsight, no, comparison, yeah. In comparison, a radio, not a radio in a vehicle, but a radio that you would have in your house, the ad said that was $62.50. That's a lot of money for a radio. So if you had a radio, you were doing pretty well. And that turned out to be, when I did the math on that, a little over a little over a thousand bucks. It was crazy, though, those old papers. We were able to 
save quite a few of them. I don't know what my in-laws are going to do with them, but it was kind of neat. They were telling us about how they have the old deed of the land in the house and from uh, old revolutionary time. My mother-in-law ended up pulling that out and showing us, and it's all in that nice script, handwritten script, where you dip the pen and ink and had the wax seals on it. It's just really nifty, groovy things. Just, I liked it. I like old things like that. I I used to root around in that all the time when I had my head down in the Ford, Ontario. and did a lot of research. Speaking of research, let's research a little bit of what happened on this day of history. Are you ready to learn something? Instead of me just rambling, ramble on, ramble on rows. Did you say your name? World War II, 1940, St. Paul's Cathedral is bombed. Usually, those type of stuff, uh, cathedrals and that kind of stuff during wars, those were saved. So the dome of St. Paul's Cathedral is pierced by a Nazi bomb, leaving a high, the high altar in ruin. It is one of the few occasions that a 17th century cathedral suffered significant damage during the wars. Mm. 1974, Oscar Schindler, credited for saving 1,200 Jewish people during the Holocaust, dies. And if you've seen Schindler's List, you know what that is. And what a powerful, powerful movie that is. Mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. 1635, Rhode Island founder banished from Massachusetts. Religious dissident Roger Williams is banished from Massachusetts Bay County by the General Court of Massachusetts. Ooh, here's this this one I want to open up. Meteor. In 1992, a meteor crashes into a Chevy Malibu. On October 9, 1992, 18-year-old Michelle Knapp is watching television in her parents' living room in Peekskill, New York, when she hears a thunderous crash in the driveway. Alarmed, Knapp ran outside to investigate. What she found was startling, to say the least, a sizable hole in the rear end of her car, an orange 1980 Chevy Malibu, a matching hole in the gravel driveway underneath the car, and in the hole, the culprit, what looked like an ordinary bowling ball-sized rock. It was extremely heavy for its size. It weighed about 28 pounds, shaped like a football and warm to the touch, also smelled vaguely of rotten eggs. The next day, the curator from the American Museum of Natural History in New York City confirmed the object was a genuine meteorite. Oh, I would love to have a meteorite. They're just groovy. There's something about it. Science estimate that the Earth is bombarded with about 100 pounds of meteor um, met, bleh, meteoritic material every day. Meteorites are pieces of asteroids and other debris made of rock, iron, and nickel that have been orbiting in space for billions of years. Sometimes it's hard to talk. Your tongue just doesn't want to. Some are tiny as dust particles and other are as huge as 10 miles across. Most, however are about the size of a baseball. Astronomers and other people who pay attention to the night sky can easily see them. When a meteorite enters Earth's atmosphere, it blazes across the sky like a fireball. 
what most people call shooting stars are actually actually meteorites. Thousands of people in the eastern sky saw the greenish peak skill meteorite as it streaked, streaked towards Naps Malibu, and many heard it too. One witness said that it crackled like a very large sparkler. Scientists have determined that it came from the inner edge of the main asteroid belt in space between Jupiter and Mars. Groovy, right? We'll learn a little bit more about that in a minute. Stick around. I like to do these, like I said, in little five-minute segments and everything. I don't want to be running out of time. I know with the Roadcaster Pro, I can go indefinitely, but when I upload to Anchor, um, it depends on the size of the file. And I know that what I've been doing is working, so I don't want to push the limits. All right, let's learn more about that meteorite because I think that's neat. Well, meteorites are fairly common. A meteorite hitting a car, remember about that? It's not. A car, after all, a very small object on a very large planet. In fact, as far as scientists know, it has only happened twice before, once in Illinois during the 1930s and once in St. Louis. Eventually, though, the famous Nat meteorite was sold to a collector and two fossil dealers who broke it into small, smaller chunks and sold those to a handful of other collectors and museums. The car, meanwhile, sold for $10,000 to Lang's Fossil and Meteorites in Cranford, New Jersey. It has been on display in New York, Paris, Munich, and Tokyo. Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, we went over from our last segment to this segment and to this day in history, if you're just tuning in. And the one last thing of this day in history that I wanted to tell you guys was in 1936, Hoover Dam begins transmitting electricity to Los Angeles. That's kind of neat think all right i am over at the fact site we're doing things all kinds of however we want it's our show we can do it how we want right i like that we kind of got a, a late start i feel like even though it's still so early here in upstate new york um i feel like i got a late start on the show this morning for some reason i have been sleeping a little bit better though and um I'm feeling a little bit better than I have been. All right. How the original Death Star was saved from being a trash can. The original, in 1977, most of the original props of Star Wars were kept in, store, in a storage locker in California. <laughs> Excuse me. Upon completing the film's post-production, the studio decided they didn't want to keep paying the rent on the storage unit, so they ordered everything stored there to be discarded yeah although some of the props were taken as keepsakes by some of the production crew most of them were just thrown into the dumpster however one of the crew discarding the props doug decided to save a few pieces including the original death star prop doug proudly kept this on display at his house for roughly a decade before moving to missouri in 1988 and storing it all at his mother's antique shop a Star Wars fan and collector, Todd Franklin, drove past the shop and saw the Death Star on display. Todd was convinced it wasn't a replica, but the real thing, although he wasn't too sure why exactly it was in some remote antique shop in the sticks. After doing a, doing a few days' research, Todd contacted Lucasfilms 
and they said the original Death Star had met its end in a dumpster, and the one he had enamored with had to be a fan-made replica. But Todd didn't buy what Lucasfilms were saying, and he compared photos of the original prop to the Death Star and questioned and deduced it had to be the original. Excuse me. So, with newfound resolve, Todd gathered up his galactic credits and went to go buy the Death Star. But alas, it was not to be. The Death Star had just been sold to a gent named Mark, the owner of a country and western music show called Star World. For the next few years, DS-1 Battle Station sat promptly on display in the lobby of Star World before Todd chances came around again. However, it did not sit proudly for too long. In 1993, Star World closed their doors. Todd, along with his buddy Tim and brother Pat, went to go buy the Death Star. Eventually, the Star World had been liquidated except for or everything in Star World had been liquidated except for the Death Star. Although, sadly, the Death Star had seen better days. It was sat in the corner of the lobby with the radar dish taken out and rubbish, flown all, rubbish thrown all over it. Oh, how depressing. Todd, Pat, and Tim purchased the Death Star on the spot, restoring it and giving it a new radar dish that Todd's grandmother made out of cardboard. For years, Todd and co., had the Death Star on display and shifts at their house because it's the Death Star, and who wouldn't, right? You know, if you had that, why wouldn't you have it in your house for a little bit? In 1999, Star Wars collector Gus Lopez contacted Todd and his Death Star's partners asking to purchase it, in which, after a couple months to talks, they decided to do. Um, Gus was given a tour of the Death Star's historic location by Todd and later on had prop maker create a more accurate radar dish re replica so Todd could keep the one his grandmother had made. <laughs> Nowadays, Gus occasionally sends the Death Star on tours around the galaxy, making its way to public galleries for fans everywhere to view. Pretty neat. Pretty neat. Stick around. We'll be right back. I feel... Did I rush this show? I don't know. I feel like I went by kind of quick. I feel like every time I was looking down at my segments, they were going an awful long time or went kind of quick. I don't know. It's coming out and talking to you. I really enjoy my time talking with you, and so sometimes it just really goes by quick. It happens when you're talking with a friend, and you're definitely a friend. Oh, I wanted to also say rest in peace Eddie Van Halen how depressing we lost a good one I grew up listening to Van Halen and it's it's weird they only had one number one hit though with jump and out of all the Van Halen songs that's one that I'm like mm, I've heard too much because it was their number one hit so it's been played so many times I also wanted to mention the Buffalo Bills who I've mentioned on the last show are 4 and 0 their upcoming game, Buffalo Bills versus the Titan has been Tennessee Titans, has been postponed until Tuesday, this upcoming Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Central Time. But it will be televised, so I can't wait to watch it. I'm glad they didn't forfeit 
and give make the Buffalo Bills 5-0 and with a forfeit because I just wouldn't want to hear it from anybody. Being a Bills fan, it's weird. The Buffalo Bills equal family to me. It's the only team I've ever liked, and it's because in the late 70s, I went with my aunt, my mom, my dad, my aunt and uncle, and my aunt and uncle are so cool. They live in Buffalo, and I love my Uncle Bob and Aunt Joan, and they're just groovy people, great people, and my Uncle Bob and Aunt Joan are super fans and always have been fans of the Bills, and I remember being there, and it was the last game of the season, Bills versus, or Dolphins versus the Bills, and the Bills lost, I think, that game. Maybe they won. It was freezing cold. I, I can't remember. Maybe I should look it up that who won that game. But the Bills, they equal family to me. And so I'm really, I, I'm looking forward for that game. I'm hoping they do well. And every time they play, I end up saying towards the end of the game, come on, Bills, put a smile on my uncle's face today. Because I always think about him. And, ooh, I wanted to tell you too, we did start, I remember I was telling you we wanted to start watching Cobra Kai. We started, we got like four episodes of season one of Cobra Kai on Netflix and I love the soundtrack it brings me right back because it's all 80s music and it's pretty good it's fun it's entertaining we still have to finish off watching the boys over on Amazon about the superheroes that's pretty neat if you follow the show we know we were oh if you follow the show too you know that this is a perfectly imperfect podcast and I make a lot of mistakes and I'm one and done, and I just kind of go. And I was talking about the other day, if you want to make time last longer, and I, I said a word wrong, and it was monotonous. If you, I don't even know what it matters, why I'm even bringing it up right now, but maybe you were like, what was he trying to say? And that was like metedious or whatever. And I was talking about how older people, their day can be quite monotonous. And I didn't say that word correctly. I also improperly had said that the Buffalo Bills, the last time they were 4-0 was in 1992, which is incorrect. It's 2008. But I really believe that they're going to go 5-0. and I really believe they're going to have a great season this year. I believe. See what I did there? Hey, I think that's going to wrap up the show. I had a good one. I encourage you to head on over to my website, WLOAP.com. Right from there, you can leave me a voice message and be a part of the show. Give me some feedback. Leave me an email, however you'd like, and check out my website as well. All there, you can see my past episodes. Um, there's my commercial from Carpe. Carpe. I really am glad that I was able to find them work with carpe and um you can find that product too mycarpe.com it's great product works fantastic for underarm sweat all right well we just turned this into all kinds of stuff huh hey have a good one and um do your best to stay curious and not judge mental today the best you can and let go of the illusion that it could have been different i'll talk to you real soon Thank mm-hmm. you.